Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of What's Next. Uh, this is part of the innovation series and we have a really special guest today. We have Vikram Ahuja. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur and he has built multiple businesses. Uh, he has led startups in the e-commerce, travel and founded one of India's earliest startup accelerators called Kyren. I'm sure people would have heard about uh, them. Got acquired by Techstars also a few years back. Uh, he currently runs something really interesting called Talent 500. Talent 500 kind of works with some of the world's leading organizations um, and GCCs. And basically they help in um, helping them build high impact global teams right here in India. Vikram, welcome. Uh, pleasure to have you. Thanks. Thanks so much, Rishal. Thanks for having me on today. Great. So Vikram, just wanted to... Uh, check with you, uh, get an overview of, since you have been in the GCC space uh, with Answer Consulting as well, just wanted to get from you of uh, the landscape. How does the GCC landscape look like in India? Just a few thoughts that would be great to start with. Sure. So Vishal, just as a quick introduction, um, I run Talent 500. And what we do is work with some of the world's leading businesses to help them set up, manage and run their global capability centers or GCCs. Uh, the whole notion of building a global workforce, of course, is extremely timely today. Uh, we live in a world where, you know, suddenly all of us with COVID became remote workers overnight. And the acceptability and openness for building and adopting a distributed workforce has never been as uh, high as, as it is today. So where we are today within the GCC sector is that it's probably at its uh, peak, both in terms of maturity as well as in terms of some of the growth. Uh, just some quick stats, perhaps, that might help put this into context. Uh, out of India's roughly four and a half million engineers, about 1.3 million engineers work uh, for GCCs or work for global companies that have centers in India. Uh, yes, this year, NASCOM also announced that in GCCs today contribute about 1% of India's GDP. So GCCs are, GCCs are officially now uh, a national agenda, right? Uh, and there's three reasons why that's so. Uh, one creates jobs. Uh, we've seen today that there's tremendous amounts of influx of companies looking for top talent. So the demand or surge of professionals that are getting employed by these companies continues to grow. But it's not just professionals being employed directly as engineers or um, technology professionals, but it's everything that the ecosystem creates, right? You're talking about real estate, you're talking about logistics, operations. Uh, it's a fairly intense process to run a GCCs. And so therefore the employment created as a result is tremendous. The second thing that GCCs are doing today is bringing in investment. Uh, so at Answer, over the last 15 years, of course, we've become a market leader in building our GCCs. Today, we have brought in about a billion and a half worth of foreign direct investment in the technology center, uh, just via GCCs in India. And that's just us, right? I mean, we're about 10% of the market, but you can imagine how much money is being brought into the country uh, by global companies. So therefore that investment is a huge component of why GCCs are today a big part of the national agenda. The third thing that GCCs are really doing is creating massive impact in terms of the growth of the ecosystem. Today you have everyone from a Facebook and Twitter all the way to you know some of the fastest growing young startups in the world that are looking to India for talent. And the whole notion of what a GCC is and uh, you know, the way businesses will be built in the future with the global workforce is, is, is changing. And therefore, we have a tremendous opportunity as a country to really be 
you know, the hotbed uh, or the headquarters of global talent. And that's, and that's essentially what's happening. So, you know, tremendous time to be working in this space. GCCs are growing at about 12 to 15% a year. Uh, this was pre-COVID, of course, those numbers will potentially be back to those, um, to those ratios soon. But compared to the rest of the technology industry that was growing anywhere between 5 to 7%. So by far, uh, GCCs drive the growth of the Indian technology landscape. And uh, just by virtue of everything that I've mentioned today, it's probably the, the most exciting part of, of working in this space today. Got it, Vikram. Thanks for that. Just for people, I mean, listeners who want to know more about GCC, so GCC's full form is Global Capability Centers. Is that right, Vikram? Or is that a... That is correct. Yes. And it, and that's, a you know, the nomenclature in terms around this have changed quite significantly over the exactly. years. So that this yeah. is the current, this is the current avatar, I guess. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, just want to maybe touch upon the history of GCC. I think, see, India started with their uh, outsourcing of uh, IT work back in the 80s, 90s with Infosys, TCS. And I think GCC would have come in the 2000s. So if we can just touch upon how... Uh, the GCCs have evolved in the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So GCC, you know, it's important to sort of understand that GCCs are not new, right? I mean, we've, uh, so this started really uh, out in the late 80s and you had Texas Instruments and Motorola that sort of pioneered the concept of setting up a global workforce, largely driven by the need to find talent. Uh, since then, a lot of deep tech, high tech companies, companies like Cisco, companies like Intel. Uh, so uh, a lot of these companies that were looking to tap into volume or pools of talent started looking at India as being a very viable center for them to build out these R&D centric engineering teams. Uh, and then, of course, post that, when you had the services wave and you had you know, the Infosys and Wipros of the world that were taking talent from India, Externally, I think what that did is just brought a lot of exposure to uh, some of the more new age digital skills that companies started now saying, if I'm going to be outsourcing to a third party, maybe there's an opportunity for me to build it, uh, exactly. to build it myself, right? So, yep. so GCCs have sort of started out from being, you know, if you look at the whole offshoring wave, started out from being called captives to global in-house centers to today as they're called global capability centers. And where we are today is there's multiple versions of GCCs that exist. You've got everything from the old school, uh, you know, high commitment, thousands of people working in one center. You've got hybrid models where companies look at setting up GCCs via build, operate, transfer models where they have someone else do it for them and then they would eventually take those over. Uh, today, you've also got a case where companies are building out GCCs virtually, and that's a lot lot of what we do at Talent 500, which is working with companies of all sizes, uh, build and manage a global workforce without necessarily needing sometimes the commitment of setting up a legal entity or having a workspace. I think all of this is, of course, very uniquely possible today, given everything that we've been through over the last year and a half. But, you know, as... GCCs continue to mature. I think the other change that's happening and that's relevant in the history of GCCs is just the positioning of a GCC within the broader organizational context. I think when you know the the the, the concept of building a GCC started, it was largely to access talent. Much of this talent was used in support functions or 
working more to augment existing teams. And that has now today shifted 180 degrees. Today, GCCs represent an extremely critical part of a company's transformation and innovation agenda. So today, if you look at most large enterprises, many of these are, uh, you know, either they lack the access to talent because of where they're located, or they lack the brand to access top talent. And for many of them, this transformation into becoming, you know, technology first, cloud first, mobile first companies is accompanied by a need to tap into talent. And so therefore today, a lot of the core work that is being done to transform some of the world's largest companies is happening out of GCCs. Uh, one interesting way to, to know that that's happening is if you look at the number of global CXOs, CTOs, CIOs, that are potentially operating out of places like Bangalore, right? And these are CXOs of multi-billion dollar offices, uh, sorry, multi-billion dollar businesses that are today sitting in Bangalore and you know, responsible for really running a very important part of the business. This would have never happened before, right? GCCs would have been probably the back end of taking, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, doing what was decided at HQ. That whole concept of an HQ has shifted tremendously. Right. Vikram, actually, I second that because I was at one of the GCCs in my previous role and I've seen that a lot of work coming, a lot of core work, core operations work coming into India and being developed by 3,000 odd strong team here. And I've heard multiple times the CEO uh, mention the, the advantages of having a team in India and providing the cloud, as you said, right, mobile first, cloud first technologies from India. So I think looks like that is the future. I think most large enterprises would go that route at some point. So no, I, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. So having said that, I think India is in a kind of a very enviable position as a having the technology capabilities, the talent, uh, at the same time, uh, decent government policy is also favoring it. So if we could just kind of give a quick overview on how can India position itself, obviously we're we are doing well, but how can we be just the go-to market or go-to destination for these large companies? Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, that's a great question. And I think if you were to look at what contributes towards developing a sustainable ecosystem or a thriving sort of ecosystem for the growth of GCCs, um, so largely it's three things. It's, um, so it's, it's talent, of course, at the core of it. It is the broader sort of um, infrastructure that is provided by regulators and governments. Uh, and then the third is, of course, the uh, potential of the enterprise to grow, right? So it all starts out with what is the ecosystem that, uh, that, that, that is being created together by these three pillars. And if you look at what governments do, they play a very important role in terms of setting together the regulatory framework for some of these global companies to operate easily. This is something that I think India has taken the lead on. We've done a great job with creating, you know, special economic zones, creating uh, incentives and rebates for companies of all sizes to operate uh, and incentivizing them in many different ways to come and set up and invest in India. So that's the first part of it. Uh, the second part of it is just availability of talent and, and just continuously refreshing that talent pool so that you have top quality talent available at all times, right? And this is, uh, you know, a bit of an unfair advantage that we have in India, given that we probably have one of the largest uh, community of engineers in the world, right? And that what that means is you've got, 
you know, four and a half million people who speak English, who are able to work within a global setup. And really sort of if a company is looking to scale, then there's no better place to do that in India. Uh, and then the third part of it is, of course, just the uh, broader ecosystem that gets developed, right? Whether that's, uh, you know, things such as your startups that come in to play, you've got product companies, you've got activities in the VCPE front. Uh, it, it really sort of makes sure that you've got uh, a thriving ecosystem of talent cycling in and out, which is so core to GCCs. So from, a, from, from where India is today, I think we have an interesting problem on our hands, uh, which is that the demand for talent in India is now coming in from three channels. You've got, of course, GCCs, but the strong local competition is local startups. And yeah, then you've true. got, you know, your sort of local kind of old school services companies or industries and so on. And that demand for challenge is creating a little bit of unpredictability in the market. Uh, the, the cost arbitrage that a lot of GCCs were trying to tap into when they initially started is slowly sort of diluting away. And uh, for many, it's becoming a harder market to navigate than before. Uh, in my view, I think this correction was long overdue. I think Indian talent deserved a correction given exactly. the quality that we've produced. So it's not something that we should be throwing our hands up and sort of blaming the, the professional market. Of course, there's a lot to be said about how some of the recruiting processes and uh, you know, just the, the interface between companies and professionally, that could be done a lot better. But um, in my view, I think a lot is already being done. Governments continue to put out incredible policies that are new economic zones and new sort of developments that are coming out. Uh, places such as Gujarat just announced something called the Gift City, which they want to convert into one of the largest fintech hubs for GCCs. And, you know, so there's a lot of competition, which is great. Uh, from a talent perspective, I think things such as, you know, flexible work, remote work, et cetera, is obviously creating a lot more um, of an appetite amongst people to just work from anywhere. And then it's up to the companies to be able to adapt to that. Uh, and then the third part of it is, I think we must, you know, I think we must be aware of what's happening globally. A lot of new hubs are being created. Um, for example, I'm speaking to you from Dubai right now, and there's a lot of work oh. that local governments are doing here to make this region as a hub for technology talent, right? And this isn't in one-off case. You've got places like Lisbon, you've got places like Miami, you've got places like Austin, where essentially a lot of governments and regulators are trying to put a lot of might behind transforming these into big hubs. So as India starts to get com competition from other markets, I think we have to remember that at the end of the day, it's about talent and sure. it's about developing that, you know, social infrastructure and, quality of life that is needed to attract and retain top talent. And I think that's something that is often underlooked, but potentially long-term has the biggest impact. Got it. Now, that's an interesting point. I think you had mentioned uh, the astronomical salaries that, uh, that have come into the Indian market, right? I think the cost arbitrage that you mentioned is no more there because your Indian local startups and other local companies are kind of offering similar or more in terms of compensation and other facilities. So because of that, I think talent are more keen to work in a, in a growth stage startup. So I'm sure there'll be correction as you said, but having said that, I think it has overall benefited the startup ecosystem per se. So Vikram, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, since you ha we have over 1500 companies in India right now, 
um just wanted to get few thoughts on this obviously talent bit you have already shared but just want to see how that uh, the gcc market in india is develop developing the startup ecosystem and how the startup ecosystem is helping the gcc so just a few there would be interesting yeah that's a great question and i think often perhaps one of the biggest benefits that global companies get by setting up a gcc is access to a startup ecosystem uh, and such close access to in a place like bangalore where literally you know everyone's working side by side True. so again if you look at the history and you know many of the objectives for why gccs are set up uh, in almost all cases you know tapping into innovation tapping into growth tapping into transformation and digital technologies is is often you know amongst the top core agendas of any gcc and a big part of um sort of furthering this transformation and innovation is being tap is being able to tap into smart innovative entrepreneurs who are really pushing the boundaries uh in the same industries that the gccs operate true exactly true uh, so i think when it, if you, if you look at if you look at most companies uh, you know about two decades ago the default reaction was to the way they thought about tackling someone like amazon was to pretend that it never existed and unfortunately it costs a lot of large companies very dearly right true uh, whereas i think today companies are smarter and there's a there's a there's a proactive and intentional effort to actually engage with startups so there's a couple of things that gccs do um corporate accelerators you know for example have been probably the oldest weapon in the book we used to run true. i used to run a i founded a startup accelerator called kyron back in the day and uh we were one of the first companies to set up corporate accelerators and the idea was to sort of connect the startups and and grown ups so as to speak um and we had i think you know we were we were lucky that we were able to sort of tap into the market when it was early and we had tremendous success just connecting companies that were doing some incredible work um let's say in domains such as fintech or retail and with larger retail and fintech these companies global companies that were looking to innovate and so resist a match made in heaven uh, so that's one the second thing that gccs have been doing more recently some of them have done is set up um, they've set up sort of venture funds internally whether investing into startups as well the idea is to see if they can uh, rather than competing collaborate or partner and do so in a manner that gives them some skin in the game and a seat on the table uh, the third thing of course that that a lot of gccs are doing is just embarking on pilot projects bringing startups in to actually solve for problems and we've seen some tremendous success stories there as well just you know literally uh, startups that are a year year and a half old working with multi billion dollar companies and actually True. having the sort of impact that they promise so i think the access there that entrepreneurs have to some of these companies and places such as india is a lot lot stronger than if these companies were trying to tap into the hq you know wherever that is in north america uh, because the decision making structure at a gcc is a lot more agile it's a lot more nimble uh, innovation is top of mind for the leadership everybody wants to move quick and so a lot of startups are able to you know make a lot more progress in fact finally when we were running the startup accelerator we had a lot of us based startups applying to our indian accelerators because they could get access to us based companies out of india right so really weird sort of so us company that couldn't they couldn't even you know get through the door of or even have someone pick up the calls were suddenly sitting face to face with 
uh, an engineering leader and pitching this really cool solution and sort of getting it uh, getting it approved, right? So, so I think innovation is huge. Startups are huge, and I think there's there's definitely a lot of synergies there in those relationships that can be explored. Awesome, Vikram. I second that because I was also in a corporate accelerator and a large uh, US retailer. So we had had uh, startups from all over the world kind of applied to us, and then we said, hey, no, we're looking at Indian startups for now, and then. Um, we got actually a couple of startups from the US who kind of tried pitching to US uh, stakeholders yeah, there, but yeah, they yeah. came through us. So yeah, I get that. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Maybe last few thoughts, Vikram. On um, see, I think we touched upon a lot of things. I think from uh, from talent to I think government policy, growth for these large enterprises. That can we do that in India? Um, obviously, investment is also a part of it, and then at the same time the benefiting the startup ecosystem both wise startup ecosystem benefiting and the gcc just wanted to maybe get your final thoughts on best practices uh this is obviously from a point of view of the gcc for example i'm a large enterprise in the us or uk and looking at india as my okay i finalized i'm looking at india as my final destination what could be the maybe two or three best practices that a gcc could look at to do to set up quickly and kind of look at a within six months to one year set it up in India. So just few thoughts that would be great. Yeah, no, and and Vishal, in many ways the the playbook for success, I guess, for GCCs is a complex one. Um, uh, and yet, I think the impact, of course, is 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 so important that it's important to get it right early. So a couple of things that we focus on, right? Um, we spend a lot of time upfront on really sort of laying down a vision for what the GCC has to accomplish, right? What is the main purpose or objective that it's being set up for? Is it to, is it to augment your existing teams? Is it to access skills or talent that you don't have access to today? Is it to tap into an ecosystem that might potentially accelerate some part of your growth? Is it all of them? Is it none of them? I think it's important to be able to articulate what that is. And, and in doing so, then create... Um, a very clear vision for what that employer brand looks like in in in, in India or wherever the GCC is being set up. Uh, often we've seen that companies will rush through this decision and try and sell their brand in a GCC talent market the same way as they do in HQ. And often that doesn't fly because there absolutely must be uh, a much clearer communication of why this company is important. Just as an example, um, many, many GCC, many of the successful GCCs in India today are technology companies in one country and, you know, retail companies in another. And you look at, for example, Target or you look at Lowe's, these are fantastic brands in the US and everybody knows them and everybody shops them, but they're not necessarily technology companies or just weren't in historically in the past. Whereas mm -hmm. in India, you know, they represent some of the most attractive technology companies in the GCC space today, right? And right. And, and being able to separate out that brand and clearly call out why is this GCC looking to set up? What is the mission? What is the vision? Uh, only helps attract the best talent, which brings me to the next second part of the playbook, which is having a very robust, uh, diverse talent strategy. I think today the war for talent has never been as strong as it, it, has, as it has ever been, I guess, in history. And so therefore GCCs need to understand that uh, they need to be going in with an extremely realistic view of what the talent landscape looks like. Uh, be competitive with market in terms of compensation and benefits. Be very 
vocal about the culture and flexibility that they bring and must quickly adapt to new models that the that the market is offering so for example today you know remote work and flexible work seems to be uh definitely in demand right and so uh, for a lot of gccs that may not want to do this permanently is there a is there a shorter term sort of flexibility that they can provide as part of diversifying the talent strategy the other thing that i would also talk about is going in with a very open mind in terms of how their teams need to be built typically you know hiring full time employees used to be the only way that you could build a team whereas today you know we propose more hybrid models hire full time hire contingent workers hire in places such as india but also build out a global workforce simultaneously uh, and the reason for that is you know the more you are agile and nimble to react to what the market looks like the faster you can you know you can be successful right and 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 therefore being very open to what the what the needs of the talent market are is crucial um so so those two and then the third part of it i think is just finally is in in terms of onboarding and integration which is you know how can you replicate the culture that you have at hq uh, at your gcc most large enterprises have extremely well articulated and well defined cultural practices and rituals right they are extremely proud of who they are where they come from and how they work and uh, that translating that into something that the gcc can follow and implement without it necessarily being a forced fit is just an you know underestimated superpower i think if you can get culture and integration right then you have 80% of the game won or vikram i think very interesting points i think pretty clear i think once i think objectives are articulated uh, i think getting your talent strategy employer branding in that particular country and the third bit you're saying on integration and culture i think i think obviously in that order but each one is so important right i think each one has to be right otherwise gcc may not fly for the long longer time is my view because i have also been in one so i've seen that uh, all the three that you mentioned were pretty clear where i was um, and because of that that particular brand has been able to create the mark in india so thanks for that vikram i think that's interesting i think uh, uh, i think this playbook that you just mentioned is for all countries right vikram need not be only india right it could be for wherever the uh, enterprise wants yeah this is absolutely absolutely and of course um, you know we did mention india a few times that's because india is the largest um sort of okay. market today for gccs but it's certainly not the only got it great vikram uh, going i think to the last bit of the of this uh, podcast I just wanted to check with you on I just wanted to do a kind of a crystal ball gazing. What could the future of this space look like? Um, and maybe you could give perspectives from the GCC point of view. And since we are talking about India, India is the GCC uh, land, land for uh, the largest GCC in the world. A perspective of India as well. Maybe a couple of points from either. perspectives 3 to 5 years kind of horizon yeah absolutely vishal so I, you know extremely extremely excited about what the future of work holds as we like to call it um we live in a world where uh today opportunity is truly global right uh, companies are building teams where the talent is and not the other way around and uh, this means that the potential to build distributed workforce the potential for opportunity or access to opportunity to be truly democratized um and for us to forever change the way work is done um is extremely exciting and of course gccs are exactly that right they're global hubs or global workforces that are redefining companies 
So in terms of the future, I think a couple of things that we are seeing already, I think um, the concept of a GCC itself will change. There will be multiple models available for companies to set up and run a GCC. Uh, and I mentioned some of them earlier. Some of them could be co-located. So having teams in one location, you could have remote GCCs with people sitting in different places. Uh, you could have hybrid models and so on. Uh, the second thing is just the makeup of talent itself. We spoke about full-time versus contingent versus hybrid models. So we expect a lot more of flexibility that companies will show in terms of how these models operate and, and play with each other. Uh, and then the third thing is just in terms of um, the kind of work that will be done at GCCs. And here is where I'm most excited. I think GCCs will continue to define the future of most businesses and will continue to be the hub where some of the most interesting work gets done. We're already seeing that if you look at some of the work that's being done out of companies like Facebook, Amazon, Google in India, or Uber for that matter, the you know the, the quality, not just the quality, but the, the impact that the work built in these countries is having on the mothership is huge. And that this means that more and more companies will be confident to have extremely critical parts of their businesses get built out of GCC. From an India perspective, we're at about 1.3 million people working at GCCs. Uh, estimates say that this number will increase to about 5 million by 2025, which is massive. Uh, India will continue to be a you know, 30 to 50% driver of the GCC market globally. So we have a tremendous opportunity to be this hub. Um, I also expect that there will be a lot of you know, push towards uh, bringing in more investment from the government and regulatory bodies where they'll try and sort of create more economic zones, more incentives and so on, which will only mean that more companies will set up in India. And um, so, you know, a lot of what we're talking about today, of course, uh, hinges on the fact that we will continue to build, you know, top tier talent as we have. Uh, and for that, we will continue to need, you know, more um, support infrastructures so or training schools and companies that come in and provide upskilling and reskilling and so on. And some of those companies will continue to flourish. So that's pretty much how I see things developing. Got it, Vikram. I think all in all, it looks good. I think enough tailwinds and enough, I think history also shows that uh, India has been an ideal place for these companies to build their teams. Um, and I think, as I told you, right, the trilogy of talent, uh, technology and government kind of interventions, creating these SEZs and different regions as per sectors, like it could be a pharma sector, defense sector, it could be electronics. So I think the way government is also looking at it looks interesting. So also I've been reading quite a bit and I'm also seeing that uh, looks pretty positive. And I think this GCC model in my head looks pretty a win-win kind of a solution for everyone. And India being at the, at the forefront of multiple technologies, I think definitely India has great potential to actually be the role model for GCC globally. Vikram, great, great having you. Um, uh, thanks for taking out time, though you're in Dubai. Uh, I mean, this is great. Absolute pressure. Would definitely like to meet you once you're back in India. No, no, I was just saying thanks, Vishal. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Great, Vikram. Thanks a lot. Cheers.